0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Connects Podcast Pause, actually our first episode of this season. I am your host, Elise Martinowski. I am so jazzed that our first formal episode of season three was with Mel VX and Tito Gomez. We had an absolute blast recording this episode. My cheeks were hurting so hard from laughing. We chatted for a solid 20 minutes before we even started the recording. And even at that point, I was like, wow, I need to just not smile for half a second because my cheeks <laughs> hurt so bad. Um, it was it was awesome. The two of them are incredible artists uh, with their own forms of artistic expressions and a part of the Artists Change Changemaker program um, that was created in partnership with the Trico Changemaker Studio and Calgary Artists arts development, just incredible, incredible people. And I'm so excited for you to hear their stories, um, what the Artists change Changemaker program is, and have a laugh, have a smile, just enjoy and listen to their wonderful voices and their incredible words of wisdom. To our guests today, we have Melvi and Tito. Welcome! Hello. Thank you for me.
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> um, how are you both doing today? How's your uh, Friday morning going?
1: It's off to the races. Uh, you know, it's minus whatever awful outside, uh, but you know we're keeping it keeping it toasty indoors with interviewing and i've got my little diffuser uh going which is really really nice i should get like some spicy scents in there you know bring the bring the heat but i'm definitely looking forward to the weekend it's been a it's been a pretty jam-packed week so i'm like okay weather is not great i'm gonna i'm gonna just chill this weekend so i'm looking forward to that
0: that's nice. I like the answer of keeping it toasty. I think when people ask me how I'm doing, keeping it toasty.
2: <laughs> I bring that energy. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. Oh.
0: And Tito, how are you?
2: Uh, you know, I've been doing writing all morning. So I would say it's been controlled chaos and imaginary world. So it's wow. I'm, I'm leaving the coldness and just, concentrating on my writing and and grant writing and all that fun stuff so Mm -hmm. this is a good nice little break from it all and and having a great conversation with you all and um it's it's an honor and pleasure to be here
0: Mm -hmm. well it's an honor and pleasure to have you both on the show and you'll be our first formal episode which i'm very excited about um i just love the the connection in the story that you guys have with um innovation and the arts and that's what we're going to be chatting about today and some of your stories of innovations and how they've sizzled and or fizzled <laughs> and i need like a little button that i can hit that like like the sizzle noise anyways <sighs> <laughs> there you go. I don't need a button. I just need Mel V. <laughs> <There you laughs> Absolutely. <go. laughs> oh, it's so good. So yeah, the very first ambiguous question of who are you? Introduce yourselves. Who are who are we chatting with today?
2: Go ahead, Mel, I'll let you start.
1: Okay. Natanaku Melvi X, uh, in the language of the people of the Blackfoot Confederacy, uh, one of the uh nations uh, here in uh, calgary alberta Uh, i said hello my name is melvy x and i am from Moginstis, which is the blackfoot name for calgary where the elbow and the bow meet and has been a traditional uh meeting place for indigenous peoples since time immemorial Uh, i was born raised here in calgary uh for all that that may may mean and indicate. Uh, My pronouns are she and they, Uh, either works for me. I am a Black queer multidisciplinary artist. Uh, My three primary modes of expression are spoken word poetry, burlesque performance, and photography which i'm now calling i haven't trademarked it yet the i'm calling it the melville trifecta so watch out for that trademark Uh, (laughs) kidding but also not kidding Uh, so i i'm a storyteller at heart and um, i look always uh, for ways to tell stories and um, it's my life's vision to ensure that marginalized peoples have uh have the opportunity and, and platform to tell our own stories from our own perspectives. In November of 2020, I finally formalized my many ventures into uh, into a uh, business, small business, uh, MVX Studios. Mm-hmm. And my kind of long term plan for for MVX Studios is to be a, a hub for creative expression, equity, education, and advocacy. Uh, for for marginalized peoples, um, you know, in Calgary, in Alberta, and uh, hopefully internationally, I'm working on a lot of different projects right now. Because, uh, <laughs> well, I have ADHD, so I'm always doing twenty things. But I also <laughs> I feel like I'm living many lifetimes in this in this one, and uh, I certainly. I feel it's a it's a calling and a duty to share my share my gifts um, it's part of my cultural background mm-hmm. uh, where you have knowledge or skills they're meant to be shared and not hoarded so that's that's me in a nutshell Adam a budding techie I'm really interested in AI artificial intelligence and machine learning and the implications that AI and machine learning has for Human intelligence and cognition, and also those, you know, really big questions of what makes mm-hmm. us human. So that's that's my snapshot.
0: A snapshot. I was going to say that's a big nutshell. There's a lot of things.
1: That's <laughs> keeping it brief, too. You know,
0: <laughs> but no, you did keep it quite brief. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Great to have Thank
1: you. You.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll pass it over to Tito.
2: Tante uh, Hello, my name's uh, Tito Gomez I am from the Chippewa Cree tribe From Rocky Bar, Montana And Oto Odom from Sales, Arizona The reason why me and Mel V get along so well Is because over here there's no intelligence So that's <laughs> the beautiful part about it um, Like yeah. most people from Alberta I was born and raised somewhere else uh, I lived in Salinas, California Where I was in broadcast news For 9 to 10 years married. Uh, My wife's name's Pamela Beebe. She's from Kainai and um, I always joke and say, uh, we moved here close to 10, 11 years ago and this was the one argument that I lost. So, um, (laughs) But I have two kids, uh, 17 and 14, and so I'm a filmmaker, storyteller, um, like I used to do stand-up comedy and I just like to make people laugh and think and move people with uh, my stories and art. Mm -hmm. That's kind of me working on a few projects, still trying to get a series going and, and constantly writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I got it. We're working on a documentary this spring called the Thunder of Alberta, where we showcase four uh, native powwow drum groups from Alberta and their impact on the Powwow circuit. So, um, keep an eye out for that, please.
0: Mm-hmm. That's another big nutshell.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I try. You know, I, I, got, <laughs> I got, I got, I live up to, to to that reputation. So,
0: yeah, so you, You'd mentioned that you like making people laugh, and that is very true. Because honestly, I haven't stopped smiling since we jumped on this call.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's and that's just my look. Uh, I haven't even said anything, and I just show up on Zoom and you are just laughing, which yeah, is right, fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. That's what it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well we'll we'll share a screenshot of the Zoom screen right now and what your image is and then people will understand.
2: Uh, of oh, course. The
1: complete yeah. picture.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: The complete of picture.
0: Course. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's amazing. Cool. Well, um, as I like mentioned at the very beginning, you're both part of the same program, um, which I'd love to just get a little bit of background on of what the Artists of Changemaker program is and, and what that means to combine the arts of change making and innovation. If either one of you could oh. you could Take it's that away or combine it. You can each ch- chat about it, what it means to you, yeah. why you're passionate about it.
1: I'll jump in. Um, so the the Artists' Changemaker program, it's a partnership um, with, with several organizations. Um, the primary, uh, I would say the primary funders or funding body is Calgary Arts Development. And uh, they've partnered with uh, the Social Innovation School uh, in... Mount Royal University, uh, and also, which is, uh, funded by Trico, uh, Trico Homes as, or the Trico Changemaker Studio via Trico mm-hmm. Homes. And, um, and essentially it is a, it is an opportunity for, uh, for artists. So there's a cohort of artists. I wasn't in the original, um, kind of pilot cohort, but I, I was brought in to the to the group in 2019 which seems like another lifetime (laughs) now Um, and essentially it's an opportunity for artists to work with an organization on a complex social problem so myself and uh, another artist Sky Lewis we are working with Action Dignity Action Dignity is a nonprofit organization. They've been active in Calgary for over 20 years. and they essentially uh, provide uh, 70 plus ethnocultural communities in Calgary uh, with the tools for uh, for advocacy within their communities uh, and also uh, connection and um, and policy resources. So Action Dignity is doing really, really, amazing work and their values are are aligned with um with my own values of of empowering marginalized communities and so to me it was just a fit uh to work with action dignity and we worked with sky and i were the artists in residence um through the artist's changemaker program in 2019 and we are again in uh, 2021 and there's lots of really neat uh projects that um that action dignity is is working on and is you know we're hitting the ground running uh, running with them and and yeah essentially um, this program really leverages the strengths that artists have in terms of our vision our creativity our ability to you know see um, see connections that other people um, you know, might not, might not see. And, you know, here's, here's a nerdy AI uh, thing that I'll, that I'll put out that's, that's relevant to um, the strength of artists is um, AI cannot, cannot create and, and create in the sense of uh, having a completely new concept or idea, Uh, artificial intelligence can't do that. And I, as an artist, I never really thought about how I mean i have but i never thought of how integral that really is to society to have to have people who are able to to imagine new concepts new 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 ideas new visions and i just kind of took that for granted because that's Mm -hmm. that's who i am but it's actually going to be more and more relevant um to you know our societies, which are you know globally changing very very rapidly, and we have a lot of complex issues and challenges to to deal with. And so Calgary Arts Development is really investing in in the power of artists to um, to to leverage our strengths in the area of social change. Patty Pond, um, the CEO of Calgary Arts, she has an she has an amazing way of of framing it. And if you get a chance to hear her. Talk about the value of artists um, economically into society. I highly, I highly recommend it because sometimes mm-hmm. she reminds me of how valuable we are to to the health of, of society.
0: Yeah, yeah, hugely.
1: Oh, and it's six months. Forgot to mention six six months. I know in 2019, I think it was a whole almost like a whole. It felt like a whole year, but it was probably six months mm-hmm. um, as well. Yeah
0: incredible i love it like you said there's um artists have something that can't be created in ai or technology or anything so we desperately need artists in the world and uh and their creative vision because a lot of a lot of innovation is creation of like from scratch how can we make this different or better and that is a huge part of the creative side of the brain um so it just seems like such a natural fit to me i'm not explaining it well at all you did a way better job <laughs> like yeah totally it's all connected <laughs> Yeah.
2: And um, I have to follow that? Like, yeah. I could just no say pressure, ditto. Yeah, you know. right, I'm I'm just sitting here with my crayons going, I wanna play. Yeah. Uh <laughs> no, I've I'm teamed up with uh, last the previous round I was with working with uh, Calgary on purpose um yeah. this year. I'm with Confederation Park 55 Activity Center. Um I wanted to kind of challenge what. I thought of a senior center and didn't know much about it. So I'm learning from them as well as learning from other artists within this program. Mm -hmm. I would say I just kind of Forrest Gumped my way into this uh, because a few years ago I did a few uh, short films and wanted to understand how art changes a society, how it could change a community. Because I see it, how it changes people's perception of community politics, even within themselves, you know, you watch The Daily Show, and it's definitely um, medicine with a lump of sugar. So I wanted to truly challenge myself as an artist and go, what can I do to not just make films to make people laugh or change their view of indigenous people? But what can I do to change their society, change their community? And so I'm definitely honored to be part of this program and working with uh, 55 plus and again, working with these amazing artists that I am just standing on the shoulders of giants like Mel V, uh, Sky and and the other artists of Kevin, where I'm constantly learning how their art changes their rooms and and changes their house and their society or community. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm learning a lot. I may be, you know, long in the tooth, but man, I'm, I've, they've definitely helped me rethink my world, my, re, my perception, my point of view of this, of this community. So I'm honored to be, be with everybody. I know there's no joke in that because that's just, that's just all heart right there. And, and yeah, I'm, it wonderful. yeah, I, I, I'm truly blessed to be in, in this company again.
1: Well, one thing I didn't mention um, for the program the as artists we have um, part of part of our, um, our our artist package is we get to take mm-hmm. these social innovation classes and we had uh, we had our first one last week about basically it was like a social innovation class 101 and we were, just, we were just vibing in that class, like sharing resources. And uh, it's funny, the, the instructor, he said we, we spoiled him because uh, he's usually working with like uh, undergrads. And mm-hmm. uh, look at us old birds, you know, we, we were engaged. We were having discussions, debate, you know. Tito was almost had us in tears, you know, giving us shout outs. And it was like i did not enjoy my university years at all and so to even have that opportunity as an artist um to learn um the subject matter with an artistic lens to me that's really that's really valuable and like uh i feel i feel that the artists that were chosen for this program already have a pretty good foundation in our work Either being socially focused or focused around change, but to have mm-hmm. the foundational understanding and to have the language to really express things that we're already doing—that to me is is a really valuable part of the program as well. I don't know how much this would have cost, you know, in terms of those classes uh, without without it being funded through this program. And I probably don't want to know.
0: <laughs> My goodness, hearing the two of you talk, I'm like, where can I sign up for this? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely gosh i love it what a powerful program the both of you just i can well i can see V and so i can see the the um body language that um that you're showing as you're talking about it and just the power in in tito's voice too about about the program and what it's done for you both is incredible so what an amazing program please don't ever stop it (laughs) right it's like fun this calgary arts as long as you can as long as you possibly can well that's amazing so that's great because it gives a bit of background on like how arts and um social innovation and change making work really does come together and combine and can Mm -hmm. be such a powerful force in in the world of social innovation which is incredible and i know that you both have some stories which this is the this is the juicy part for me in the podcast (laughs) and
2: this is how i failed um
0: (laughs) well it's like but failures okay i i grew up figure skating and so i was always told like when you fall well, you learn right because if you fall right. you obviously did something wrong so you're gonna learn how not to fall <laughs>
1: so don't do that thing like, again
0: yeah exactly same with the yep. fizzles like you, you learn so much from the fizzles mm-hmm. Anyways, the juicy part of it Um, and the stories and I got a sneak peek or like a sneak here. I don't know how I want to phrase that um, of what your stories are. And I know that they're super powerful and have some have some really great lessons learned from them. Um, So, yeah, we'll dive into the juice of the the meaty (laughs) bit of the podcast, if you will.
2: (laughs) I feel like I'm in confessions all of a sudden.
0: (laughs) I don't know if that's good or bad.
1: (laughs) well, I guess, for myself, um, if I could have a tagline for my artistic practice, it would be, I didn't know it would be this hard. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I'm a self-taught artist. I did not, um, I don't have form, formal training in, in any of the uh, artistic forms that I, I specialize in now. I do have formal educational training i have um a first class honors degree in uh, anthropology so i do have you know formal educational training that way and it does give me you know an advantage in in that way in terms of grant writing really i realize that that's where that training has has come into come into the fore writing well is you know I know some of the visual artists who are listening to this will so be like, <laughs> but uh, good writing or great writing is, is important for the grant writing process and mm-hmm. for being able to market yourself. But that's an aside. Um, so I didn't begin my artistic practice in a formal regard at, at all. I started, okay, there's somebody yelling outside. <laughs> I, I'm sorry if you can hear that. I live downtown. It's pretty lit down here. So there it is in the background. Um, A visual
2: artist, coming back to let you know that uh, what you just said was wrong.
1: um, So I began my artistic career, uh, you know, I guess in, in publicly as one does. Someone broke my heart and I wrote a poem about it and read it on a stage. And my artistic practice was born. I mean, I've always been interested in books and reading. Um, Actually, I shouldn't say always. Uh, I have Mm -hmm. ADHD. I was was formally diagnosed uh, late last year. And it was very difficult for me to learn how to read, like ridiculously hard uh, for me to learn how to read and write. And so uh, it's ironic that for my professional career, I worked for the public library for many, many years. But once I learned how to read, it just kind of took off from there. So I read a poem, boom. I then went, did open mics and then performed nationally and, you know, kind of just stumbled into, into it. Um, And that led me to a lot of, (laughs) a lot of fizzles. (laughs) Um, So I am the kind of person where I will simply try something and this is also partly an adhd thing uh impulse control sometimes goes out the window so i think sure i can do this thing oh yeah i'll do an art exhibit by myself no problems what <laughs> spoiler alert was a problem um, so my first my first um photo exhibit it was actually a multimedia project um, that i put together i did have some support in the beginning from the canadian cultural mosaic uh, foundation they were really they've been really supportive of my artistic practice and really cheering me on in the background and so i kind of told them i had this idea they did we kind of you know went through a plan together but it was this after that it was essentially like me on my own and um and i'd just taken up photography that um really that year and so it was a let, let's just say it was a pretty harrowing experience i did get get the exhibit together i got some volunteers and uh, to To help because God, I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was it was it turned into a success. Uh, I think there was about forty to fifty people who um, who attended, and like that was my first exhibit, and I just made it happen. And that that's kind of my my practice is I make things happen. But uh, one thing I have I have learned in my artistic practice is there is so much um, there's so much project management and all these moving pieces uh that support an artistic show an event uh, you know a center a practice and um i did not know how much work a lot of these endeavors were because i didn't have formal training right so i didn't have you know the understanding that if you were going to have an exhibit these are all the things that that go into having an exhibit and these are all of the this is all the staff you'll need and and you know et cetera. Et cetera. so i had no idea and so i've i've Done several several things in my artistic career that if I could go back, I would have done it with significant support. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's one example that that is really um, was really near and dear to my heart. Um, the Uproot YYC Collective. Uh, we were a collective dedicated to artists of color in Calgary and surrounding uh, surrounding area. Actually, I'll. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tito's daughter performed at one of our one of our showcases and she just like she stole the shows just people just (laughs) loved her performance because she's she's a a powerful performer and um, you know we did we did some really incredible work um, and uh, we did we did really incredible work with Uproot YYC but it was ultimately not sustainable there was really like about three of us Mm -hmm. uh, and then toward like the last year and a bit it was like the two of us myself and and sky who were who were running it and to to deliver the like the extent of the offerings that we had Mm -hmm. with two people to like manage all of that it was not sustainable and so we um we made the decision to uh dissolve the collective last was it no it was december 2019 Mm -hmm. um, that we dissolved the collective and for me it was a real lesson in in capacity because uh, we started off really really strong right because there really hadn't been any other any other attempt made like it to have this umbrella under which black, indigenous and 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 people of color as artists could come together. What we saw was that people who um, who are racialized were normally, um, more so, creating um, organizations and collectives around their, their particular ethnicity or ethnic identity, and you know, for those of us who I'm I'm you know I'm queer, and so sometimes I am at odds with um, with you know other members of my of my ethnic community, and so we don't always fit within those communities, right? And so this umbrella or of Upper YYC was a real way to catch any artist of color who wanted or needed that support and you know we were led by you know it was, like I said, we didn't plan for it, but all of the you know um, the core collective is all queer um, queer women um, of color. And so you know and I, I'm not surprised at that because we usually see the gaps in service and we you know if we don't make an effort to address it, nobody else is going to do that for us. And so it was like f- we were up and running for almost four years. But again, it wasn't it wasn't sustainable. And I think now of all the things that we were able to accomplish and it's really like a success story in so many ways. And, you know, I I don't see it as a as a failure anymore that we had or we chose to mm-hmm. to dissolve, because I think that really opened up space and room. For, for myself as an artist to to pursue some other some other avenues that I really couldn't because so much of my time and energy was, was in terms of of an art practice was being put into um, into the collective. So it was um, it was an important it was an important lesson. And there are other things that I've kind of, you know, kind of tested and put out there, like, hey, does anybody want to do this thing? Like, that's been really my artistic practice to date is, hey, somebody want to do this thing? And people will say yes. And to me, that's great. But then when you actually like start to get paperwork involved, and, you know, you got to do marketing and all this stuff, that's when people really kind of, you know, like drift off and flake off. So Mm -hmm. um, I've realized now I know how I work how I work best um, and I know I know if I'm gonna start a new thing now that I really have to be committed to it and it can't just be a, this needs to happen so I'm gonna make it happen because I have had at least two like breakdowns and you know like serious burnouts within the last three years. And so um, I know for myself now I like with my small business, um, I realized that that, that can be the umbrella where I can hold these different endeavors. And if they do fizzle out or they're not as successful, then, you know, I know I will still have this, this umbrella of the business to kind of hold all these, all these really necessary programs together, but I'm not the only one kind of bearing the, the emotional and the financial and the, the social costs of it. And so, yeah. Um, i think it's so important that there are you know artists like myself who will just kind of dive in and try stuff and people really appreciate that but i would like to to challenge to challenge people and remind them that 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 really takes a toll on 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 an artist individually right when you're always creating things from the ground up and sometimes it's nice for me to just show up to an event or show up to a thing and not be the one making that event happen and hosting it and like i really appreciate that experience now when i just go to a a virtual show now because that's the the Mm -hmm. current situation i just sit back and relax because that's important to my artistic practice to keep it sustainable is to not be responsible for all these (laughs) for all these different things
0: yeah which is really hard to do like it's really hard to take that step back right when you're so invested in it and so passionate about it it's like oh yeah it's definitely a different different feeling, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story, and I'll have a follow-up question, but before I do the follow-up question, we'll hear from Tito and his story, and then I'll get both of you to do my follow-up final question.
2: <laughs> no problem. You know, I'm going to steal Mel V's tagline tagline. If I had to put everything I've done in a tagline, mm-hmm. mine is, just go piss them off. <laughs> that's... I honestly feel like that's what I've kind of constantly done is piss off a group of people of everything that I've kind of tried to try to do. Um, when we moved to Calgary, uh, kids were little and um, we were low income, and so my wife and I st- established like a, a kids club group for. And we lived in Dover, and um, at the time, you know, we were. We got a grant from uh, Calgary Foundation and and we established like this little sticker night for the kids of Dover. And uh, for some reason that pissed people off, that pissed off the community association um, because they felt that we were taking kids away from their kid program, which Mm -hmm. was happening on the weekend. Ours was happening on Wednesday. So if you could see the connection. Please send me directions because I have no clue why they're being pissed off at us. Um, mm-hmm. but but we suffered personal attacks along the way. Um, they were they're attacking us, they wanted to shut us down. We were using the community hall, and um, we were getting 25-30 kids every Wednesday for these little stickers. And you see those the sticker books like at Tours R Us and and you know, shoppers and there's like frozen NHL and the kids just loved it you know they're they're trading they're talking to kids that they've never talked to before creating friends because we encourage them oh you have a double well go talk to this kid see if he has that and try to trade that out Mm -hmm. um but eventually it just got too much for us um and the association was was very passive aggressive so they knew that we wanted to get in there at five our program started at five they wouldn't open the community hall until five o'clock They wouldn't give us any time to set up. So when kids were coming, we had like fruits, drinks, mm-hmm. you know, snacks and set things up. And uh, eventually it just, they were having, they were pronounced, you uh, the community association was having private meetings about how to push us out. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, you know, it, finally we, we had enough of fighting just mm-hmm. being, you know, being pushed around by them and so we so we left we were we teamed up with greater forest Lawn 55 plus and they gave us space and so all of our kids were starting to interact with the seniors in the community Mm -hmm. and it was it was nice to see them do that And we started doing jane walks we were having the kids write a poem about their favorite spot in dover Mm -hmm. and we would take our group of you know people from that would come to our jane walk and show them the neighborhood of Dover. And it, it was funny because all these kids were leading it. And here I am going for the joke, playing the peanuts theme song as we're walking. <laughs> so it was, it was awesome. We had our little Charlie Brown. We had the dogs. We had Snoopy is, it was, it was fantastic. So, you know, there's, there's one aspect where we're trying to make a change and we're pissing people off. We're pissing people off because we were being a success. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, they they were just jealous and you know mm-hmm. I, I think I think if I look back on it I would probably would have fought a little bit more with them just to try to save be in that space again mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. I mean how could association truly own a community hall when sure. community is the first word yeah. uh, so there's you know that's that was that was one battle the other is is my short film the healing. Um, it's about an indigenous woman dealing with her addiction. And uh, I use our teachings, the jingle dress, to heal her at the end. Um, there's a lot of people that uh, were upset because the imagery that I used for the indigenous woman, you know, dealing with MMIWG and, and dealing with the addictions. And uh, we got accepted to... Um, The Calgary International Film Festival, we made it in and there was people that wanted to protest because, you know, I there's it's an innuendo of this indigenous woman selling herself to get her next high. You don't see anything. The only thing that happens is she just asks, are you alone? And they disappear behind a closed door. Mm -hmm. Uh, But. I communicated with the elders, uh, you know, Kelly Good Eagle and, and Reg Crowshoe. And, uh, you know, they, they helped me talk to these people. And the one thing is that they truly under, I wanted to, I didn't want to shy away from that conversation because if I if just put in good imagery, you're not honoring the people who have those addictions. Right. And the way I showcased it was this family is not dirty. We had their home. We we made it clean. We made it, we made them professionals. Nathaniel Arcad, who's now on FBI Most Wanted, he played the husband in it and we made him professional. Hmm. Even, even my, I was fighting with our producers because they wanted it a different feel. They wanted it to look like Blackstone. I said, no, 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 no. That's been done. Mm -hmm. Let's show us as professional people. Let's show us that, Hmm. that we are, that we, can hold a corporate job that we are managers that we can run a business so when he comes in he has a beaten medallion but he has a you know business attire Mm -hmm. and so again i found myself pissing off producers pissing off uh, (laughs) other indigenous people because they wanted something different and then i get that however um i wanted to show us healing our people our way and it wasn't just the twelve-step process, AA meetings. If that if that helps people, great. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying those practices are within our culture, within different other people's cultures, and and don't shy away from that. So it's like I said, my tagline is just pissing people off, <laughs> and, and and if and if I do that, then I, I think I'm doing my job. But it's one of those things where. um I think it was after the healing is where I, I, I took those arguments, reflected upon myself and go any, any fool can make a film. Any person can make a poem, um, artwork, you know, modern art, put an orange up, sell $3,000 of it. But it takes a true artist. It takes true self-reflection to go, okay, I'm going to make this. What is going to be the outcome? What is going to be the takeaway and how can I create this change with what I'm going to produce mm. and being part of this project, being part of understanding other communities, social challenge, and then making art out of that mm-hmm. has been, has been a true blessing for me. Cause then now I'm like looking back going, okay, I don't want to make this story again. I want to make this story. Mm. I don't want to show indigenous people this way maybe I healed the stereotype with my art. So moving forward, I want to show us in a different light, different Mm -hmm. point of view. I want to make stories where it's a human based story who about people who happen to be native,
1: Mm.
2: not just a native story. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm constantly learning and, and trying to figure things out and I don't have all the answers. Um, I'm just trying to figure it out as i move along. And if people have takeaways, sweet, then I mm-hmm. kind of did my job because mm-hmm. now I'm kind of thinking, going, what's the takeaway was that person in Texas, if they see this, what are they taking away from it? I suppose right. they're just making a film.
0: Yeah. And I think you just highlighted like the key point of what artists as change makers are, it's taking your art and your storytelling form and, and having the second layer of impact on there of how is this going to impact people that are seeing it or, um, experiencing it or participating, participating in it. So it's that ability to create an outcome and a takeaway and an impact. Like you just said,
2: if you got all that from that, I just stumbled upon it. It fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm just fantastic. The
0: power of podcast, man. There you go. Oh gosh, that's amazing. And I feel like you both probably answered my like closing question with your taglines, which is also fabulous. I am like want to add that into all of the next <laughs> episodes now. It's like what would be your tagline? Um But um I wanted to ask all all of those, I guess, the same question at the end. And um hindsight is always 2020. 20. Once you finish something, you always look back on it and it's like, oh, why didn't I do this? Right. Um and there's always like a little tidbit of information you wish you knew or or something, right? Usually a little piece of information. So with that said, if you could go back, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself right before your innovation started or um, or your activity started, what would you tell yourself? Would there be a piece of advice or words of wisdom or encouragement? Or would you just give yourself a smile and say, just go for it? <laughs> what would What would you say?
2: You know, I, you, you sent this question to us a couple mm-hmm. days ago and I spent a lot of time thinking about it
1: mm.
2: and my my first reaction is not a damn thing mm. every fight every struggle every challenge has made me who I am today mm. so I wouldn't change it, but if I had to if I had like a gun point to my head I would just tell myself just protect your magic and mm-hmm. Protect what you're doing, and and don't let the naysayers say what they're going to say, because you can't control that. You can't control people hating you. The only thing that you could do is is keep producing what you want to produce and move forward with it, and don't let it change you. But I wouldn't, I would not tell myself, "Hey, you know, you're doing great." Or do this differently or do that differently just because those successes make who I am but those challenges those roadblocks those fights those failures also made me who I am so I, I that was my first answer when when I when you gave me that question and I kept thinking for days of going someone who's more intelligent than me what would they say but I I just couldn't move away from that answer so it's wouldn't change anything but if i had to just protect your magic protect what you're doing
0: Mm. i love it protect your magic another one of the taglines from this episode
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll definitely echo echo uh tito's sentiment of i wouldn't change anything um i mean not to drop tito's stuff but uh, i definitely appreciate that (laughs) that, um, that reality of, and, and I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was walking and that's usually when my thoughts, you know, hit me. I'm like, oh, right. The thought, walking and in the shower, those are when I get my a game ideas. Uh, and I was thinking the, you know, the struggles that I've had, the trauma that I've, that I've survived, those are the things that make me me and I would be a different person, and probably somebody that I wouldn't like very much if I didn't have the the struggles that I had. Um, and I mean, yeah, in I guess you know, hypothetically, it's nice to think about. Well, if I didn't have X, Y, and Z trauma, what kind of person would I be? But to me, that that line of of questioning or reasoning is irrelevant because you know my life circumstances are such that this is the person that i am and i'm i'm proud of who i am and so i would go back and tell you know tell younger melvie um you've got everything you need to be successful just believe it and take a class about taxes for artists because you'll need that (laughs) (laughs) um and let's be real i would have learned coding when i was a lot younger because i am you know in the in the tech world a bit now getting my uh you know getting my start in that in a new career and i'm like damn it i should have learned this years ago but i'm learning it now and that's fine and it kind of brings brings it back to that point of i have everything i need to be successful, but I wasn't able to see it ten years ago, right because of the trauma that I was you know working through or actively you know in, and so, yes, I do have everything that I need to be successful. I need to believe it, I do know, and that's the one thing I would have told myself ten, twenty years ago
0: I love it, both of those the believe in yourself and protect your magic. <laughs> And I like too that you both brought up that that we wouldn't wouldn't want to change anything because if we were to change something at the beginning, then the outcome wouldn't have been the same and the outcome is what propels us forward. So yeah, that's a really good point to the question that maybe it isn't always good to be able to give our past selves advice and just let things play out exactly how they played out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I
2: guess the only thing I would really try to change is pay my bills so I have a better credit score. (laughs) That's what I would really...
1: So i said taxes for artists yeah taxes,
2: credit scores crap does it help
1: (laughs) all those things you don't learn in school (laughs) not even a little bit and holy jeez i got and i and part of the reason i have i registered a small business is because i got hit hard hard on taxes in 2020 um for the year of 2019 because i got a grant and Mm. when you don't have a business um you can't like offset those costs and so I paid out of pocket for the taxes on that grant, and that was painful. And I was like, I can't let that happen ever again. But these are the things that people don't necessarily tell you about as, as an artist. Sometimes people are just like, oh, this is so beautiful. And then it's like, oh, but also taxes are a thing. And uh, you need to understand, have a working knowledge of how they work. And so I definitely wanna spare fellow artists out there that pain if you can take a class on um on on taxation and how that affects you as an artist do that um the government of alberta has different classes that they have on on taxes they've got one tomorrow spreadsheets for artists for I said sign me up so <laughs> my morning tomorrow maybe won't be as chill as i was planning but gotta learn that spreadsheet stuff and your taxes and all that you know i know that people say that and you you know when i was young when i was a younger artist i was like what blah 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 but it, no, you need to know because it's so painful when you get hit with, you know, paying taxes you didn't expect, or you know, your credit scores in the toilet, or whatever the situation is, like that boring stuff. And I get it. I have ADHD. Boring things are hard for me to push through. Uh, if you can get a class on it for free, like do that, because you'll you'll thank you'll thank your future self will thank you.
0: no yeah. Future self will thank past self for doing the work. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, oh my goodness well this has just been amazing we're at the end of the conversation that i had set out for us and i'm just leaving very inspired by the both of you the work that you're doing the artist's change maker program the whole combination of it and it's just i just amazing i always feel like i'm glowing at the end of these podcast sessions with inspiration
1: <laughs>
2: well thank so, you
0: for having us at least. It was-
2: thank you very much thank oh, you i
0: would love to have you back again <laughs> sometime soon <laughs> no before we officially go I do need to take a screenshot of us smiling and of Tito's yes. photo in the background so let me just yeah uh, I'll smile make my screen big whenever we're ready okay you let me know okay you're smiling no, I'm just kidding oh, make sure.
1: I'll be serious
0: <laughs> okay here we go you probably heard the clink of the screenshot you know,
2: you know awesome. what's weird is I was actually smiling and I have a picture I so <laughs> I'm not even on camera <laughs> I'm smiling like an idiot <laughs> Oh, that's great I mean
1: your picture says it all too. I really can't wait until the people see that picture
0: <laughs> oh god I love it so much it's so good oh awesome yeah, yeah we're good that's the end of that Well, that concludes our first episode of this season thank you all for tuning in as i mentioned at the beginning um before we did our podcast recording we were just chatting and catching up on our lives and we had some pretty hilarious conversations so i wanted to share just a little little blooper that i was able to catch in the recording before we started so i'll share that but before i do that i wanted to acknowledge that The homes we live in and the places that all three of us were sitting in to record this podcast episode are situated on lands that were until relatively recently used and cared for exclusively by Indigenous peoples. We acknowledge the past, present and future generations of First Nations, Métis and Inuit who have traditionally gathered in and cared for our land. So thank you again for listening. Please let me know what you thought of this episode. You can let us know on your favourite listening platform, shoot me an email, send me a message on Instagram any all of the above and let me know if there's any conversations that you're really interested in hearing on this season or if you yourself are interested in being a guest please let me know and so without further ado here's our little bloober reel i hope you enjoy and have a wonderful rest of your day thanks for tuning in Yeah, I should have been recording that because that was really fun. That was a good conversation. <laughs>
1: it really was.
0: <laughs> Can we redo it? Just like just recreate it.
1: <laughs> Manless—that's yeah. all the fine people need to know. Manless yeah. or boyless? Look it up. You're welcome in advance.
2: Yes, the two keywords: manless and baby shark. Hey, <laughs> how you want to connect those is it's up to you.
1: We said.
0: Oh, God. I can't wait for people to type that into the Google search and just see what comes up.
1: <laughs> I gotta, for, the, for the people, I need to... You know what? There's a Manly Manlesque troop already, so you can't take that name. They've already yeah. got it, and I now need to know who Manly Manlesque is for the future. Yeah.
2: And this will be the last time we're on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome anytime.